0: talking about um, the uh precision there we go let me get that going we ended our study last week talking about the importance of precision when it comes to faith hope and love and we're gonna hopefully get back around to that this evening i i i, I showed up here this morning fully in, intending on um bringing that to you and some other things that i've had with me in the pulpit now for some I guess four or five weeks but just really it started early this morning the Holy Spirit just bringing some other things related to this up and how many of you know there's an there's an order to things in, in the sense that there are certain things we need to have in place and understand first so that other things will then have something to rest on in our lives I I believe it's like a, a brick mason laying brick or block you have to lay them a row at a time, as the Bible says. The truth of God is built into our lives, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. And there are certain things that we have to uh, uh, endure. I don't mean that like as a as a negative thing, like it's punishment. But you know, when it when it comes to eating a meal. Um, a young child will you know eat ice cream until his belly aches and leave the um, vegetables and proteins uh, sitting on on his plate right and so um, and sometimes we treat the Word of God like that if we're not careful, we go to the parts that are our favorite or that are the most exciting to us or that we understand the best, and we just love to um relish in those uh, but if we're not careful, we'll neglect the things that uh, are important and necessary for us to uh, live the life and, and walk in the things that Father God has for us to live and to walk in. Am I, is it, am I making sense of uh, what I'm saying tonight? And so let's go, with that said, let's um, let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Now, um, the book that I'm working on begins with a personal testimony uh, really it's it's our family's testimony it's it's something that that um, came to a point of inflection uh, back in um, let's see this would have been I ought to know this by now 1978 so that was A little while ago but the driving factor behind that whole episode in 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 my family's history was this burning thought and question that would not let my mother go and that and that is that there had to be more to living for God than she was experiencing there had there had to be more than um than what she had known and what she had experienced. And and she had an encounter with God uh, for the first time in you know, she'd been serving God since she was a little girl, but for the first time in her life she heard God's voice. And he confirmed to her that she was right, that there was a lot more to living for him, for her to experience and enjoy and express. Not those are words we've been using in our current study. I'm adapting that. That's the gist of what he was saying to her. And at the time, we were in a church that taught against the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, that was one of the things the Lord, specific things the Lord told my mom, was that um, her and dad needed to get the family into a church that believed that, that preached that, that practiced that, because that was a huge part of what, it wasn't just what we were missing but how many of you know the Holy Spirit? He's the one that leads you and guides you into all truth. The fullness of God's Spirit is another doorway, just like salvation is a doorway into the kingdom of God and into, into everything that, that God has for you, everything that God's done for you. But it's the Holy Spirit and uh, in, in His fullness and His working in your life uh, well, how about this? Jesus says, you have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. That's in 1 Corinthians 2. So that means we've been given things that we don't even know we have, but it's the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into those things. And so, um, thankfully mom and dad you know, made that move and and um, then the, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, me, Matt, and Meredith baptized in the Holy Spirit and and really, ever ever since that day, um, it, it's just been an upward trajectory, um, you know, as far as the things of God in our lives. I'm not trying to say we hadn't had some bumps along the way and and, and some struggles and so, and even maybe some missteps. Um, but the Holy Spirit's there. How many of you know? If you get off course, the Holy Spirit can get you back on. Just just keep moving forward and let Him lead you. So, it, it's it's this thought then that there is so much to living the Christian life. And and certainly there's duty, certainly there's responsibility, but there's benefit, there's reward, there's there's blessing, there's promotion and prosperity and protection and provision. All of these things that Father God wants to to manifest uh in, in our lives. I was uh teaching on Monday from the uh, Luke the 15th chapter and a lot of times we call the story the parable of the prodigal son Jesus began the story by saying a man had two sons and that story is as much about the older brother as it is the younger brother as you perhaps know the younger brother went and you know he he asked he asked his father he said father I, I want my inheritance now in, instead of you know waiting until you pass and the bible says that 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 father divided to both the younger brother and the older brother. It says he divided to them his livelihood. Well, you're familiar with the story, perhaps, that the, the, finally the prodigal son, after prodigal means wasteful, after he wasted everything, he came home, his father restored him, uh, threw a big party and celebrated. This son who was dead and lost is alive again and is found. But the older brother, now see, that again, a man had two sons. The older brother's out working in the field, And he gets very, very angry because um, this, uh, as he says, that son of yours came home and you've killed the fatted calf for him. Anybody remember what he said after this? All these years I've done everything you've asked and you never even gave me a goat to celebrate with my friends. And the father looks at him and he says, everything I have is yours everything i have is yours now talk about acknowledging every good thing that's in you see the whole time that older brother you know trying to serve and 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 be the perfect child and get all the pats on the back and the accolades for being the one who stayed home didn't go waste all this other stuff right he never realized that everything that his father had was his how many Elder brothers now are there in the body of Christ. Everything Father God has. If he spared not his only son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not now with him, Jesus right back at his side, freely give you all things? But that elder brother never acknowledged his inheritance. He never, he never even recognized or realized or, or believed. I don't know what, what word we want to use. I guess we could use them all. But just because he never acknowledged it, just because he never realized it, just because he never believed it, just because he never benefited from it, did not mean his dad never gave it to him. And so all of these things that that belong to us, not because, you know, I've imagined it, but because the word of God says it. Things that Jesus paid a very high price for us to have. Now say you you Spend a lot of money and give somebody a, a, a gift, and um, and they just go hang it in the closet, or they just go park it in the garage, or go put it in a drawer somewhere. Well, and those, you gave them that gift because you want them to enjoy it. You 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 want to see them driving it. You want to you want to you want to see them uh, using it in some way. Amen. And all of these gifts that Father has given to us. How about Ephesians one? that our eyes would be opened and, 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 and with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God that we would know, and then he goes into all these things that we would know. And one of the things is that, is that we would know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in us. See, we've, we've been given our inheritance our inheritance isn't for when we get to heaven one day, and we'll be given it then. You've already you, you've already received your inheritance, and as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, you've been given a share of everything Jesus has been given a share of. So the question then, and I'm I, I'm just I'm asking it. I'm not trying to accuse or offend or anything, but where are these things in 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 our lives? What you know thankful listen i don't mean this uh, you know as as being an, uh, ungrateful or anything of that nature so uh, you know so much of god's peace so much of god's joy i mean you know the things that i've experienced and 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 things that i'm enjoying in my life today because of the goodness of god but there are there are there's so much more for us there's so much more for us and so how do we tap into that you know, these 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 inward realities of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life what's involved in experiencing more because remember the things that are in us the glory even the treasure that's in this earthen vessel it's it's not just for our benefit it's for father's glory and for the benefit of others we talked a little last week about you know peter and john and that that crippled man they said look such as we have such as we have, we're going to give to you. And what they had for him was healing. You will never convince me. The Lord Jesus himself would have to stand in front of me and somebody else before I would ever be convinced that that same healing that was in them is not in you and me right now. It's in you and me right now yeah well those were disciples pastor mark those those were apostles they had see that's the problem and that's what we're, we're going to try to drill down into tonight where do, where do we get this that, that that was for them and not for us we got that from traditional religious thinking not according to christ that is not what we that we he says it this way in ephesians you have not so learned christ I don't know where you got that from, but you didn't get it from Jesus' example. Amen. So I'm I'm wanting you to, we're going to kind of dig into some things tonight. And I want you to dig with me. I, I wasn't trying to, like, you know, scare you off by talking about endurance. But the Bible says that in the last days, people will not endure sound doctrine. And so if we're going to know the truth and and, and benefit from the truth and and be able to express the truth to others it's going to require some some effort and some endurance on our part to uh to 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 get that truth and to have that truth now before i go any any further into this um just curious how many of you in the room or how many of you watching online in your journey you know with the lord and and being yoked up with jesus him teaching you and, and and you learning from him just curious anybody besides me had to unlearn some things do you understand what i mean by unlearning some things some things that you were taught that that absolutely were not true one of the big ones was that we were taught the baptism of the holy spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues was not for people today that's what we were told and boy we were told wrong so there are a lot of things that people have learned about God, things that people believe about God, things that that um, you know people live their lives based upon thinking that it's from God, that it's not. And this is at the heart of what's causing people to be cheated, and that's that's the word that that we see here in Colossians two. Um, Let's begin at verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Then he says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, when the Holy Spirit initially led me to this verse, I was looking at it solely from the perspective of not being cheated, being complete in Him, Because in Jesus, we're in Jesus, and in Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then we see in other places where, for instance, um, He is the head of the church, which is His body. The body of Christ is the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Uh, That's in Ephesians 1. Um, We see in other places where the more we know and understand and live by the full dimension of God's love for us that that revelation and that understanding will enable us to be filled with all the fullness of God. See, all of these things are new birth realities. All of these things are reasonable expectations for a blood-bought son or daughter of God living right here, right now on planet Earth. Your birthright is to be filled with all the fullness of God. And, And then... In Hebrews 10, it says that he has perfected you forever. That, I believe, is the summation of all new birth realities. And so when the Holy Spirit first led me here to Colossians 2, I thought it was more about the connection of several of those things that we see in other places in the Word of God as it relates back to inward realities of new birth becoming outward expressions of life. But what he's brought me back around to is... Verse number eight, and that's the one we're going to spend probably the rest of our time on uh, tonight. beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the, to the traditions of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. now <clears throat> we're we're working on different parts and pieces of of this. Um, a lot of you know that you know brother Bruce. Uh, does high-end uh, luxury coach conversions. Um, he'll probably get me for this, but just the favor of God on his life. He, he's been selected by um, uh, the, the show, The World's Best. I don't know if you've ever seen that show where they take certain companies and... and, and, and fo- anyway, he, he has been chosen, and they're doing a, a, a television program on his company as the world's best coach conversion company all right that's come on now give the lord a hand clap of praise on that one right let me tell you even more about my brother okay he told him that he would do it but that there were other really good conversion companies out there that he wanted them to at least be mentioned and and and, and given a part in all of that see you again that part, Bruce, to be honest with you, meant more to me than the honor that you received. But when he does one of those, it's a huge project, as you can only imagine. Um, like, if I started dropping names of people that he's built, uh, um, I had the honor of helping him, on a, you know, just for a few hours on... a. Uh, a um, mobile recording studio for uh, some of you may have heard of a guy named Timbaland. Is that you know, and that, that who? Yeah, I thought so. Um, and we're talking about multi-million dollar projects and things. Okay, so this huge project, as you can imagine, um, he's got some people working on one part of it, while another group is working on another part, where somebody else is is is, is doing the wiring, and, and in, in, in other words, the, the project is you know has different parts of it being worked on at the same time. And and so our current study, we're kind of spread out. We've been working on a little bit here and a little bit there and, and, and this sort of thing. And and I don't like to do it that way, but that's kind of how it's just been organically flowing in, in my heart and life. But I want to make sure you understand what all this has to do. And so last week when we talked about faith, hope and love abiding together they go together they work together they produce results together they're a system they're a dynamic interactive system and that we need to restore precision we need to restore precision because see faith is something very specific and precise but we throw faith around like it just means anything and everything. You know, the world even said, you just got to have faith, brother. Well, see, true Bible faith is based upon something that ties you back to the God of the universe. Have faith in God is what Jesus said, right? And it's something God has said to you that causes the faith he put in you to awaken and arouse your faith latches on to what God has said and you trust him based upon what he has said you believe right there was just this this general kind of well you know I believe in God I'm an American of course I believe in God you know these see all of that we we throw these words around how many people say hope and what they really mean is wish hope and wish are not the same thing and so we've gotten very loose in our understanding of these things and it's costing us it's costing us and so we we've got to come back to the precision of of how how faith hope and love work together as a system to produce the results in your life remember god loves you he loves the world but unless the world believes on him and receives the salvation that he's offered them they're going to be lost So love can only do so much. He died for you while you were a sinner. But in order to receive the salvation that he's already provided, you've got to receive that by faith. But then once faith and love produce salvation in your life, there has to be an expectation that kicks in after that. What what are reasonable expectations for a born-again believer? And expectation is what places a demand on the new birth reality. But when hope just means anything in the world and faith just means anything that it, that you want it to mean, when you, see, again, there's no precision there. It's, it's like having six out of seven numbers, or I guess nine out of ten numbers of somebody's telephone number. How many of you know the only way you're going to get them is if you get all ten numbers right? We've got the area code now here in Alabama, right? In other words, 8 out of 10 numbers is not going to get you the person you're trying to call. Do you remember their number? I remember 8 of them. Oh, well, okay, we'll just call them then. In other words, it's precision. There's accuracy. It's, 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 it's something that's exact. It's not, it's not almost. Bread, peanut butter, and something that looks like jelly... That ain't a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Are you, you understanding what I'm saying? But see, we, we live, we live in, this, you know, in the world of participation trophies, right? Where close enough is good enough and God ought to just quit being so stubborn and, and, and just work with us and blah, blah, blah. Man, are you kidding me? He's not stubborn. It's precision that's required in these things. And there's so much confusion and religious indoctrination and philosophies of this world, all these things that he's talking about here that have contaminated, you know, what faith really is, what love really is. The world is so confused about love. They're so confused about faith. So, I mean, hope is like, what is it? What is it? Is hope even needed? When it's the one that brings it across the finish line. All right, so let's... Spend a lot of time setting this up, so beware. So we've said it before, I'll say it again. It's one thing to receive Christ, it's another thing to walk in Him. Walking in Christ Jesus means walking out in your life reality. The new person you became and the fullness you received the moment you were born again. Now, cheated by all these things that he says cause us to be cheated, right, um, is what we've got to start dealing with. Let me say it another way. I I am really tired of the body of Christ being cheated out of what Jesus paid such a high price to give us and put in us. Is that that a good way of saying it? Okay. So let's let's look then at at what it is that's causing people to be cheated. He says they're cheated through philosophy and empty deceit according to to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Now... It, it's important for us to understand exactly what Colossians 2 and 8 is saying because what Colossians 2 and 8 is saying goes a long way to reveal to us why it is and how it is that we are being cheated. So I'm just going to single out Colossians 2 and 8 and put it up on the screen, okay? Now, big picture first. Beware. When we hear beware, I, I don't, the first thing, I guess I'm a visual learner, first thing I think of is beware of dog. You know. In other words, watch out. Well, that's, that's close, but not exactly in the interest of being precise. What beware means here is your eyes being open to what's really going on. Think be aware. As opposed to being blinded, be aware as opposed to turning a blind eye. That's what, that's what a lot of folks do, just like, just pretend like it doesn't matter, whatever. Be aware as opposed to failing to see or being ignorant of. The other thing, big picture, I want you to notice in this verse is according to, according to, not according to. We see according to three times in these, this verse. And two times according to, and then the third time, not according to Christ. Can we keep working our way through it? Do you follow me? Stay with me now, okay? So what something is based upon? According to, according to means... That which a thing is based upon. That which a thing is based upon. What is that thought based upon? What is that idea based upon? What is that belief based upon? When you say I'm believing for the best, based upon what? I had a book recently recommended to me. I, I, I listened to it and I... I mean, I, the guy's a professing believer, whatever that means in our world today. I'm no, I'm nobody's judge. Um, but if I could sit down and have a conversation with this guy, he, he just said, you know, one time too many, the universe being good to me, or the universe this, or the universe I'm like, <laughs> universe, what in the world are you talking about, dude? And maybe, listen, um, Dr. Miles Monroe did this. There were times he would write books from a Christian perspective, but would try to tone down some of the uh, preachiness of it to, you know, Paul became all things to all people to reach some. I'm nobody's judge. I'm just saying, okay? But how many people are believing everything's going to be all right? You know, was that, did Bob Marley sing that? I mean, based upon what? Based upon a song they used to play in eight tracks in your mama's Buick? Based upon the universe owes you one? See, we... We this is when we talk about love, and 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 what has been made available to us. It's based upon something. It's based upon a price Jesus paid for it. It's based upon a God who loved us and created us to have fellowship and oneness and union with Him. A God who wanted us to experience and enjoy the same things that He experiences and enjoy. See, it's based upon something. This isn't just some you know mythical. Thing that we, you know, some unicorn, uh, everybody's gonna be alright, kind of. No, it's 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 based, it has basis. So when you see that word according to, he's, he's talking about that which it's based upon. And so what something is based upon is critically important when it comes to God's system of faith, hope, and love. Faith is based upon. God, but specifically something God has said as a matter of fact i 've I've said this over and over I, I'm, I'm standing by it I believe faith in its simplest form is a sincere heartfelt response from you action response meaning you doing something you confessing something you doing something in response to something God has already said and already done for you that that's that's faith <laughs> How many people have a much broader view of what fate you see? Hope is based upon something, and in the case of Bible hope, hope is based upon something that's already done. It's not something you're hoping to be done, hoping, you know, somebody will get around to one day, hoping one day God's finally going to get around. No, no, see that, that that's not. But that's where a lot of people are when it comes to hope. It's inaccurate, it's not precise, and therefore it's not producing results. So when we talk about according to, how about this, according to whom and based upon what? Am I the only person that gets a little sensitive when you know people begin... A statement or a sentence, and just real, almost dogmatic about it. Well, you know what they say. They say. They say that. Who's they? They say conservatives are are, are going to lose out in the in the midterm elections. They say. They say. They say. Again, you say based upon what? According to whom? What do these people know? What do they believe? See, so that's the whole global warming thing. That, don't get me started on that. Okay. Did you see recently where one of the biggest um, supporters, and boy, they're upset with him about it, Bill Gates, he said telling people not to eat beef is not, gonna, is not the answer and it's not going to solve this problem. You realize there's people in the world who think we ought to kill every cow because they're, they're um, how do you say this correctly? They're producing methane and they're the problem. And all of, anyway, don't get me started. But based upon what? Well, you know what the surveys say. Who took them? How'd they ask the questions? Who'd they ask? Right? Who, what's the fact checker say? You do realize that people can get on national news and say anything they want to say today. Now, We see specifically in Colossians 2.8 that it's philosophy and empty deceit. So let's drill down into this a little bit. Philosophy here is not like you would go to college and take a philosophy class. Philosophy in and of itself is the pursuit of wisdom. Now there's the pursuit of worldly wisdom and there's the pursuit of godly wisdom. But in this particular context, the philosophy is referring to human logic, intellectualism, religious-based doctrines, and speculations. Also known as the best answer I can give you right now. It's a speculation, right? Empty... Means without results. How about if I put this on the screen for you? Some of you taking notes, okay? Empty means without results or without demonstration. Also known as a theory. If something is a theory, that means it cannot be proven. How do you prove things? By demonstrating it. Now, a deceit is simply believing something to be true that's not true and so if I could just I'm trying to put these in words and communicate them in a way that you can register with them all right so an empty deceit then would be things that sound good but produce no results now we don't have any of that in the body of Christ do we my goodness gracious I mean, our world is full of things that sound good but produce no results. People, are, people make a living every day selling folks things that sound good and make no, but produce no results. Our world is full of this. It's empty deceit. Okay? Philosophy has to do with human logic, human reasoning, human intellect, religious-based doctrines, speculations. A speculation, you know, if somebody if somebody builds a spec house, when I, we were in the cabinet business, Pam and I put a lot of cabinets in people's spec houses. What are they doing? They're building that house on speculation. In other words, they're building that house, the place they're building it, the size they're building it, because their speculation is their best bet, their best guess is when they're finished with it, somebody's going to pay them a nice price for it. One man that... Anyway, we drove past the house one day. He said, see that house right there? I said, yeah. He said, it had two birthdays before I sold it. He, in other words, he speculated, but he, he was wrong. Okay. So a speculation, we, we hear that. and it's, it's not just a random guess. It's not just pulling a number out of a hat. A speculation is the best answer we can give based upon what we know right now. That's not good enough. When Jesus said the Holy Spirit inside of you would show you things to come, we're trying to figure out what's going to come in the future based upon our best guess on what's happened in the past. Our birthright calls for more than that. But now watch what he says here because uh, Colossians 2, 8 again, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit What is the philosophy and the empty deceit? It's according to, based upon, originating from, coming out of the tradition of men. See, there's layers to this. Coming out of, based upon the tradition of men. Okay? Now, this is another huge one right here. A tradition. So, what are these? according to or based upon the traditions of men. What is a tradition? A tradition is a belief or practice, a belief or practice passed down from generation to generation. A belief or practice passed down from generation to generation. Now, the key word here is, uh, uh, the key words are of men traditions of men how many of you know god and his word he established holy traditions passover was a tradition passover was something that that uh, he instructed his people you do this every year at this time of the year and you use this as an opportunity to to tell your children about how god delivered uh, his people out of egyptian slavery and the blood on the doorpost and all of and of course we know that that was a tradition that pointed to jesus it was something that god established But these aren't traditions that God established. These are traditions of men, hence the human logic, the speculation, uh, things that sound good but produce no results. Now, tradition appeals to something deeper within us than mere logic. And this is the strategy of the devil. Beliefs based upon tradition can be very difficult to change. Once a wrong belief becomes tradition, it takes on a life of its own. People will accept traditionally held beliefs and practices even if they're wrong because tradition seems to give it credibility. It's it's robbing God's people It's cheating God's people out of experiencing. Can you you imagine some of the churches in this country, if I was to stand up in in, in those churches and say, uh, the glory that Father God gave to Jesus, He's given to you and it's in you right now. And that was the same glory that was manifested forth in Him that turned the water into wine. See, the traditions that they believe, the things that they hold on to, would prevent them. Hey, how about this? Did Jesus not attack these things? I want to say he challenged these things. Jesus did more than challenge these things. I mean, his first sermon, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. Now, what had they heard? You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, right? Well, that was from the Old Testament. That wasn't just something somebody came up with. But one of the things that had happened, being passed down from generation to generation, all of that had lost its real effect and impact on them because they had come up with all these different workarounds and loopholes and ways to, to, to you know, dodge the issue. And also, Jesus said, "I say unto you, if if you hold hatred in your heart for another man, you've already mur- it's no different than you murdering him." He was challenging the, these philosophies, these traditions, these intellectual. Uh, mindsets, and they wanted to kill him for it. I, I don't know why the Holy Spirit's been, and if it's if it's not him, I, but I believe it is. But <laughs> it's questions, questions, questions. Right? Here, here's a question: What percentage of the average church attending person's beliefs are based upon tradition? Instead of the Bible, based upon tradition, it's kind of a corny joke. I'm not telling it for the humor value. I'm telling it for the for the illustration value. Okay. Little girl was helping her mother in the kitchen, and her mother was putting a ham in uh, a roaster to to put in the oven to cook, and she was struggling and working and sawing, trying to saw the 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 end about four or five inches off the end of the ham and the little girl said mama why do we saw the end off the ham it looks like it's a lot of work and she said well hmm, I don't know she said, my mom always saw the end off the ham so she got to think about it more and more she goes let me just call her and ask her said, mama why do we saw the end off the ham she goes well why do I, I don't know your your grandmother always saw the end off the ham why don't you call her Grandma, why do we saw the end off the ham? She said because I didn't have a pot that would fit a whole ham would fit in. But see it got it became tradition. Just tradition, you get a ham, you cut the end off of it before you cook it. Nobody ever asked why because traditions again, they take on this life of their own. It's like this it's like it's what we're supposed to do, it's how it's supposed to be, it's how it's supposed to to work and it's not how any of this works. Wasted effort. Again, may sound good. You know, take a picture of your daughter the first time she's with you when you cut the ham off and put it in the photo album. My daughter's first in cutting off the ham time. You know, and it's like, why? What, what to what end? To what result? To what benefit? A great example. Um, let me see if I can say it this way. And. So one of the things we talk about traditions of men is these are things that origin that did not, thank you, Holy Spirit, that did not originate with God, but with human beings reasoning apart from God. Where where do all these things come from? How do they become traditions? it's, it's, It's human beings trying to come up with answers and ideas and ways of doing things without ever talking to God without ever consulting God and so it's answers and explanations that people come up with apart from God are separate from God and his word and perhaps one of the greatest examples of this not the only by by any stretch of the imagination but One of the great examples of this would be the various theories humans have come up with concerning the creation of the universe. I mean, think about all of these crazy things that very educated people say. I mean, I saw a headline. I didn't even bother to read the article, but I saw a headline the other day. We think we finally know the origin of the universe. We think we finally know. And this is probably somebody that's got multiple PhDs and highly respect all this stuff, right? We think we finally know, which basically means we still don't know. But we're going to tell you things that seem so right and because we're so educated. And so we, t- we try to come up with all these answers apart from God. And so... Basically, the best answer that the world has come up with apart from God is that absolutely nothing blew up one day and produced absolutely everything. This doesn't even make sense. That's a thing I really like to talk about. Let me, we're out of time. My goodness, 818. Stand with me. Praise God. Amen. I could go, oh, sweet Jesus. You get anything out of this? Let me, let me try to put a bow on it, right? Just right quick, okay? So, the human logic and speculations that never produce God's results are based upon human beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation. These traditions are based upon the basic principles of the world. So that's that's the other one, right? Based upon, there's an according to, based upon the, the basic principles of the world. Living according to the basic principles of the world means living by and limited to the five senses. So all this stuff came from folks who they're not they're in have no even deny the existence of a spirit realm you know we came up with all of this based upon what we can taste and touch and feel and hear and say you know smell um so he's talking about the most basic and therefore the least way our lowest level of existence is living only by your five senses so what causes god's people to be cheated here's the boat okay Living by human logic, speculation, and things that sound good but produce no results. Living by traditions passed down from generations uh, who lived only by their five senses and not according to Christ. And not according to Christ. I want to pass to future generations what it looks like to live according to Christ. We owe it to those who are on this planet with us now, and to those who will come behind us to leave an example for those men and women what it actually looks like to live a life not according to religious tradition, not according to human logic and reasoning, not according to speculation and superstition. We didn't even get there tonight. We'll get there next week, right? All, all of these other things that people you know, have these crazy ideas about, right? And, and, and it's all based upon that and not according to what Jesus said. Jesus said, "You'll speak with new tongues. That doesn't mean you won't use bad language any longer. It means you will speak in a heavenly language that you didn't learn and didn't know that the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance. He said you would lay your hands on the sick and the sick would recover. That doesn't mean surgery, surgeons doing in surgery. It means according to Jesus, what is it? According to Jesus, what does it mean to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover? According to Jesus, what does it mean to cast out demons? It doesn't mean keeping uh, uh, darkness off your television and not allowing it. We kept it out. we cast the devil out by not I'm not saying watch bad stuff on your TV, but according to Christ, casting out a devil means a devil in somebody and you using the authority of heaven to eject that demon from that person and, and seeing them restored. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. you'll cast out demons. You'll tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. All right, Father, thank you for this time together tonight. Thank you for helping us learn and grow and develop and understand the things that you have for us to learn and develop and grow up into. Thank you, Father, tonight for challenging us and stretching us and, and, Lord, especially when it comes to what we're expecting, our expectations, Father, may they be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for being here this evening. You be blessed. Much love to you and yours. Good things coming. I'll see you Sunday, if not before.